ESG has exploded into compliance and business consciousness in 2021. Join Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, on the ESG Report and learn about sustainability risks, opportunities, and issues that business leaders and compliance professionals need to know about regarding ESG. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today, I'm thrilled with you to have Matt DiGiuseppe. Matt is with Diligent, and we are going to talk about what I think is a fabulous new innovation by Diligent around and for use in the ESG space. Before we get to that, first of all, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Welcome. Thanks, Tom. Really excited to have the conversation and share the really exciting news. Matt, could you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Sure. So I got into it was a nascent ESG space, um, primarily focused around proxy voting and corporate governance, actually at the very beginning of my career, and worked for around a decade with TIA Craft, which became Nuveen Investments, in their asset stewardship team, engaging with companies around material, environmental, and social and governance topics. And back then, it was like begging companies to come out and have a conversation with you. You were excited if someone called and it was probably to argue about their equity compensation plan, if nothing else. I remember writing letters to the S&P 500 asking them to respond to the CDP survey. And you know, more recently, I was part of the leadership team for State Street Global Advisors Asset Stewardship Program, where rather than begging companies to come talk to us, you know, we were sort of dealing with incredible inbounds of folks wanting to share the good work that they were doing around this topic. And the conversation evolved over time to focus around sort of not just the reporting and asking for information, but really talking about how are these issues integrated into your strategy? And how are you thinking about using data around ESG to evolve your business and inform your decision making? And, you know, that's what, you know, led me to diligent and a really great trust built in the market around sort of their ability to help executives be informed and make decisions. And thought there was a great opportunity to take what I had learned, sort of having those dialogues over the years to help move move progress forward. Matt, one of the reasons I was really excited to talk to you today is you're one of the few people I know who have been in the asset management and in asset stewardship field for really quite some time. And I really was intrigued to ask you, in addition to the name change of asset management to asset stewardship, which I thought was significant because I think words still matter, what are some of the key changes that you've seen maybe over the past 10 or even five years? You started, you talked about that a little bit, but there seems to be a real embrace now uh, from the asset stewardship side of specifically ESG, but you actually saw that kind of grow up. Could you talk about some of the big changes you saw? Yeah. So. I think there were two big changes that occurred. One was just the availability of data to asset stewardship teams and investors overall so that you could actually use this information on a systemic basis and understand the impact that ESG issues can have on long-term sustainable performance. So that drove the appetite and the need to have the discussion, but it also you know, was accompanied by a change in the willingness of companies to engage with investors on these topics. I sort of 
alluded to that, but Dodd-Frank in the introduction of Say on Pay, which actually was a decade ago this year, believe it or not, the market-wide Say on Pay vote, really changed the dialogue that was happening between investors and companies. And what started with hour-long conversations about executive compensation has slowly transformed to now frequent, you know, even more frequent, twice, three times a year dialogues that's happening around ESG topics more broadly. And like I said, not just what's your data and provide me with information, but how are these issues linking back into the strategy and being thought of not in a silo, but as part of the day-to-day functioning of the organization. And so that is really the most material change over the past five years is that ESG isn't sort of a reporting exercise anymore. The expectation is that it really be ingrained into the company's strategy. If I could add maybe one that I saw from the outside looking in, which was I saw uh, particularly State Street Global, but at others, and you guys really lead a discussion of why an ESG assessment not only was necessary, but actually how it made companies more profitable, more sustainable, and better investments for people you know, like yourself or other fund managers, would that be a fair assessment as well? Yeah, I think that that is a fair assessment. And that was one of the things that I really enjoyed being part of the State Street program was at the end of the day, everything was about what what would contribute to long-term sustainable growth. And that sustainable being an important matter, sort of just given the investment philosophy. And I think you're absolutely correct that that focus and that attention to the value creation side of the ESG equation really provided a lot of authority for understanding why investors care about this. And let me pick up on a couple of other points you talked about. Number one was the availability of data. You also talked about dialogue with companies, and that really leads me to ask, how do asset managers really assess companies around ESG issues? Is it one? Is it the other? Is it a combination? Or is it perhaps something different as well? I think it's a combination of both. One is the the data is important. And I think what a lot of companies don't realize sometimes is that even if the data isn't available as a primary source, there's probably someone out there that's estimating what the likely value is. So if you're not putting your carbon emissions out there, there's probably someone out there that's trying to estimate it. So the data availability and looking at the data is important. But the dialogue is equally as important because, like I said, the focus isn't just on sort of, are you collecting this data, but how are you using this data and how is it informing your decision making? And so bringing those together allows you to really assess how deeply ESG is integrated into the organization. Matt, if I could turn now to your move to Diligent, what took you to Diligent? When did you move and what's your current role? Yeah. So... I joined Diligent about four months ago now, and I'm the vice president of research in ESG. I have a a research team that collects executive compensation governance data from approximately 7,000 public companies globally. And in the ESG side, I lead the Diligent ESG Center of Excellence, which is focused um, both on Diligent achieving its own ESG commitments, as well as helping our clients achieve theirs. And that's what a big part of what our announcement was just recently around diligent ESG and you know, providing a solution that's going to help our clients achieve their objectives. And that really leads me to my next question, which is 
over the years, I don't want to say frustration, but certainly business systems that are in use now really were not designed to either report on or assess ESG. And how does diligent ESG help address or even remedy this deficiency? Yeah, you know, that's something that was really interesting to me when I came to Diligent and saw the the tools that were available um, to us, especially with our our recent acquisitions of Galvanize and Steel. It goes back to a project that I participated in called the Embankment Project for Inclusive Capitalism. That was a couple of years ago, and it brought together companies and investors and other stakeholders to essentially determine whether or not there were accounting metrics that we could develop or the equivalent of accounting metrics that we could develop for ESG topics. And it was a really great immersive discussion where we did a lot of brainstorming around what are these data points that we see emerging as being connected to long-term value and how can we use them? And then the intention was for companies to go back and actually test this and pull the data out of their system so that we could look at it and see how it may be aligned with value. But when it came to that sort of last step there of going in and testing the concepts, right, it turned out that the information was incredibly difficult to find throughout the organization. And this isn't a new topic, right? We saw it evolve. We saw it come up um, when companies were trying to find their median employee compensation. So you could publish the CEO pay ratio number where you write that into a law like that, Frank, and you're like, oh, this is easy. Everyone knows who their median employee is, but it turns out it took some companies a couple of years to, you know, stitch together the various different people platforms that they have out there and find this number, right? You see it in like, what's the gender diversity of your workforce? That should be a number that you can like, you'd think you can just pull up immediately, right? But it turns out it's actually really difficult to determine with the level of confidence that you need to put information out publicly. And so that's the problem that you described right there. Business information systems aren't designed with these concepts around environmental and social issues and the data needed to report around them being readily available. But with Diligent, with the Highbond platform that came over in the Galvanize acquisition, we have a tool that's literally built around sort of compliance and risk management. It's an integrated GRC platform where they have really advanced capabilities to go into disparate systems and start pulling that information together using um, robotic process automation, APIs, and, and other tools. So that can be a low friction data collection from systems that weren't necessarily designed to provide the data that you want. The favorite example I use when talking to people is, I was with a major, I'm from Texas, so I've been in the energy space for many years, at a major oilfield service company, I was part of the legal team negotiating an annual agreement or, with United. And their first question was, tell us your annual spend with United. We couldn't do that. So it started with something as simple as, what's your annual spend with your major carrier in your home city? And we didn't have that information. Now that same information is not only cataloged, but available, and it, it's now an ESG data touchpoint. And I use that as an example to something that we've done basically forever is now not only renewed importance, but perhaps uh, even greater importance in the area of climate change. Is that the types of things you help companies understand? That's exactly on point. If you want to think about it, right, we already have the experience of going into a system like Concur and pulling out 
travel information for the purposes of monitoring compliance with travel policies. Well, it turns out that's the exact same information like you alluded to, where you need to be able to pull out travel histories and the like in order to understand your greenhouse gas emission and plug that into those systems. That's why we're excited too about bringing on Acubio recently as well. Our most recent acquisition has a deep background in collecting this environmental data that supports emissions disclosures. Obviously, that's where the regulatory energy is going right now. And you can see us sort of taking their sophisticated tools and supercharging it with the data collection side of things. You really start to move towards where you need to be if you're going to start putting numbers out in, in that, that are going to be subject to regulatory scrutiny. And the other way I use that same example is something along the lines of, in 2019, I would have asked a company, not only how much are you spending, but how much of your travel is duplicative or even necessary. After the pandemic, I would say, how much of it is business critical? And so what I always try to do is tie it back to overall business efficiency and profitability. Is that also something you're able to discuss with your clients with as well? Yeah, I think it definitely goes into that in terms of understanding. You can't really start having those discussions and move to that level of detail without having the data to back it up, right? To your point, like if you don't know what your business travel looks like, if you don't know what your carbon footprint looks like, it's very hard to have a dialogue about how do we achieve that, achieve sort of our objectives other than using sort of things like offsets or other sort of ancillary sort of methods for changing your carbon footprint. If you want to really get into the business of it and change the way your business operates, you need the data on that in order to you know track it over time and understand it in more real time, right? It can't be something that you look at once per year. You and I both know that if you set a target and you only revisit it once per year, you're probably going to have difficulty achieving your goals. And so, you know, you have to turn that information to something a little more real time to truly sort of, you know, manage it and work towards your objectives. Matt, we've talked about some of the business issues and investment issues, but I'd now like to turn to maybe a little more forceful, just the regulatory issues. We've seen this administration really have a change around ESG and Does that really lead you to have a discussion with your clients on not only on the business importance of ESG, the stakeholder importance, but now really having the structures in place that if a regulator comes knocking, you can show this is what we're doing, this is how we're reporting it, and this is why it's within a reasonable standard as well? I mean, most certainly. I think on a global basis, you're seeing sort of regulators almost race to to sort of to set the standard, right? I think you've seen sort of in the UK, in the EU, in the US, you know, everybody's basically said there's an intention around that to have some sort of regulatory disclosure. And the regulation isn't just coming directly at companies, it's also coming at investors, right? And so with things like SFDR, if you have an investor that sells their products in the EU, they're going to need information around your ESG footprint in order to meet their obligations there. And so even if that regulation isn't requiring you directly to make that disclosure, you're going to be getting pressure from your investors. And to your point, I think we've certainly already seen in the U.S. folks the suggestion that regulators are going to be 
asking questions, not only about sort of the direct disclosure, but you know, you've made these commitments. How do you intend to achieve them? And like I said, if you're going to answer that with authority, it's probably by monitoring progress more than once per year. Now I'd like to turn to Diligent ESG itself and ask you about some of the key features. If we could just go through some of these and get your comments on automated data collection through an RPA, what does that bring to the table? Well, if you think about APIs are really great, those are things we're familiar with, right? Is sort of collecting data from a structured data set. It's really easy to set that to that pipe and sort of collect data. What robotic process automation does is allows you to take that data or or even unstructured data and transform it into something that's useful. If you think about sort of the way sustainability and ESG data is currently collected, there's normally someone that pulls some information out of a system of records, say your people platform or EHS platform, and does some sort of transformation to the data. They're clicking in Excel, they're filtering, they're doing some equations and those sorts of things before it turns into what you need to put in to your sustainability report. Robotic process automation can do all of that Excel transformation on an automated basis. And so it significantly decreases the friction of collecting this data, right? The sustainability, the person responsible for this in many organizations is becoming maybe persona non grata, unfortunately, where like they're constantly pushing for like, can I get that data again? Can I get that data again? And this RPA is a way that that person can really focus on the work around improving the company's processes rather than sort of always being about collecting data. How about the collection, calculation, and reporting of greenhouse gases in a way that's auditable? Yeah, this is a really important one. And this is something that comes over with the acquisition of Acuvio, where they've got a really sophisticated platform that collects thousands of different data points and uses emissions factors based on local regions and all of those sort of specific details to understand what the company's GHG footprint looks like. And one of the things that's really great is that system has been subject to review by auditors. Third-party verification is something that's definitely going to become more and more common, especially if you see that regulatory pressure, right? And so collecting this information in a way that sub, that stands up to audit and third-party validation is going to become really important. It's not just about collecting the data, but doing it in a way that allows your auditors to feel comfortable with, with what you're putting out there. And I advocate that a chief compliance officer is uniquely situated to head up a corporate ESG effort, but whoever heads that effort is going to have to report to someone. And one thing senior management and boards and multiple other stakeholders want are both customizable reports and real-time dashboards. Is that a feature of diligent ESG as well? It certainly is. And you mentioned that, you know, we joke that ESG is a value-creating byproduct of a strong GRC program, right? So I do think that you're definitely going to see chief compliance officers, whether they like it or not, sort of getting more involved in this. But whoever does own the topic, you know, the reporting is really important. I've alluded to it, right? It can't be something that's done once per year. You need to have dashboards and you need to have dashboards that are customizable to the various stakeholders, right? Executives need a certain level of information and a certain presentation of the data. The board needs a different level of information and a presentation and your operating 
entities need to have the information that's relative to them. Being able to bring all of that data, allowing it to come together and diligent ESG be the nexus, you can then start building dashboards that are appropriate for those various different stakeholders internally and potentially externally as well, so that they can have that real-time data, but also taking that data and aligning it with the types of reporting you do, whether it's a sustainability report, responding to the questionnaires from the CDT, or trying to structure your data in a way that matches one of the frameworks out there, like the WEF or SASB or those, you want to make sure all of that information is consistent and audible and traceable throughout the organization so that the same dashboards that people are seeing are informing that reporting and the reporting is consistent. So really coming together and cross-matching all of that is incredibly important. So it's not just powering the dashboards, but it's also making sure that the information is consistent across the dashboards and the reporting. One of the I don't want to say uh, difficulties, but perhaps challenges is the better word. It's not simply uh, cutting through the data silos within an organization, but also with third-party data. Does Diligent ESG help with really that task? It does. And that's one of the really cool things about the platform is that you can bring in third-party data, whether it's from Diligent. You know, I mentioned I have a research team. We've got compensation and governance data available as well as some really cool sentiment analysis, looking at sort of how the public perceives your ESG program using news sources, right? That you can pipe right in there and add to the dashboards, but also the third-party data that you might buy for yourself and sort of bring it all together so that it's not just what is the current state of my ESG program, but what is the current state of my ESG program? What's the public perception of that program? And how does my data align with what my peers are doing or where do I fit in that sort of spectrum and being able to do that on the same platform that you're using to collect your data you can start to see sort of how these dashboards can be really informative and actually business useful so it's not just sort of what is the data but you know it's trying to present it in a decision useful manner and does the tool actually bring all of these various functions together to validate ESG programs as well? I think it does. And I think more importantly, it allows you to really set your goals, understand what your commitments are, and understand how you're progressing towards them and validate sort of that you are making that progress and you're being thoughtful about it. So it really allows you to, we talk about it in terms of like the meet you where you are, right? So it's not only about validating it, but it's actually about also being able to mature with you. So it might start as just sort of replacing that spreadsheet for the data collection. So you feel more confident in your data and you can share more effectively. And then it can transition into implementing the robotic process automation. So you start bringing in some data more effectively. And then you can start putting goals around it and automated alerts when you start straying from your goals and even start implementing remediation plans, right? for those in the compliance space are are well aware of this, but creating ownership for how you're going to achieve your goals, how you're going to get on track and monitoring that, again, all in one place, in in one platform that allows you to feel confident that, you know, you've got this ESG thing handled, which I think from the surveys I've seen most recently, there are a lot of folks that are like, yeah, we're not highly confident that we've got this program, this thing under control. We know it's important. You know, it's something we're looking at, 
but you know, I think diligent ESG is about allowing you to feel confident in, in your ESG program. Matt, as you know, I come out of the anti-corruption compliance world, and for 10 plus years, I have said the three most important things about any compliance program are the following, document, document, document. In the last year and a half, I've amended that to say it also includes data, data, data. It seems to me that diligent ESG actually weds those two concepts. You have the data, 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 but you also have it documented, 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 not only for your internal use, but like we talked about, if a regulator comes knocking, if a stakeholder comes knocking, you get stuck in a shareholder suit, you've got the information. Number one, is that a fair assessment? And two, if it is, that I think is really a true game changer, at least in ESG. And I wanted to maybe get your thoughts on that. I think you're spot on, right? It's document, document, document with data, data, data. And even on the document side, we have a citation mode sort of built in so that you can upload your documents and cite the exact point in that document that achieves the sort of more qualitative disclosure that you want and and the policies that have to be in place. So I really do think that is what makes it a game changer. It's a business information system for ESG at the end of the day that's built on a battle-tested capabilities over decades to go into an organization and find the data that you need and pull it together and act as that nexus. So rather being a platform that does one thing well and sort of tie in all the others, right? Really good environmental platform that also does social and some governance. It's really meant to be that platform that sits atop all of your various systems that you have throughout your organization and bring all that information together and be that nexus so that you can really understand your risk profile and how you can perform. And then with the acquisition of Acuvia, we've got that really important vertical because an environmental management and GHG platform is probably the one that most companies don't have, right? And so that allows us to offer that comprehensive solution. So that's not just about sort of where you are, but you're prepared for where the regulatory uh, landscape is going as well. You get a special gold star on my podcast when you actually give the name or title of the episode, and you've done that, but there's something I have to follow up on. You called it a business information platform. And I think that's so important because if you talk to a business person, a senior executive or any executive at a corporation about a business information platform, they go, oh, I understand that. But if you say ESG to them, they start to get a little scared. And it struck me by you saying this is a business information platform for ESG. You hit exactly the right tone that everyone will understand what you're talking about in terms of the business information platform. Then you can go into the specifics of diligent ESG and tell them what it provides. So business information platform for ESG, you have named the episode. That's great. Thank you. Glad to have offered that up and made it easy. (laughs) So, Matt, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if if any of our listeners, rather, wanted any more information on yourself, on Diligent, on Diligent ESG, where could they go to find out? Yeah, I mean, I checked this before I jumped on, and Diligent.com slash ESG does work, and we'll bring you right to our page where you can learn more about that. The Diligent Institute as well, which is focused by directors, for directors, has done a lot of great work on ESG as well. So it's not just about the product. There's some great thought leadership there, and you can hear from some great directors about sort of how they're thinking about these issues. 
there really is a wealth of information available on, on our websites. But this has been, number one, way too much fun. Number two, great, great learning experience. And I really hope that we can continue this conversation going down the road. Yeah, for sure. I've enjoyed it as well. I am kind of a nerd and a geek when it comes to this stuff, probably from spending too much time thinking about it and focused on it. So I'm always happy to come and chat about it.